Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse and the National Women's Soccer League both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Michelin Cross Climate 2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. Hour number two on a Tuesday, loaded and ready to go. Live in Los Angeles, it's The Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Sat there last night watching more bad quarterback play. Stafford struggled. Burrow struggled. Jalen Hurts was sick, played a little okay in the second half. couple of big throws at one point. Uh, Baker Mayfield overwhelmed. Not a lot of it his fault. A lot of pressure. Eagles O and D lines are the best in the league, combining both. And uh, so I think we got what we thought. I, I thought the Rams had a golden opportunity in the first half because Burrow was really off. But they wouldn't run the ball. Offensive line got injured. Then they couldn't protect Stafford. It was a mess. J-Mac, Trevor Simeon now a Jet. You got to feel good about that. Oh, very excited, Colin. Very stoked. I think it's going to move the line uh, for this week's game, uh, you know, Jets Chiefs, I think you, Jets have to take on money now that Trevor Simeon's on board. Okay, yeah. so let's talk good teams. <laughs> okay, and I do think there's been some separation in the NFL. I think there's five teams that are special and five teams that are very good with a hole. So here we go. Herd hierarchy. Time is now. Let's go. The top 10 NFL teams according to college. Number 10. Detroit's defense is better. Dead last in the NFL. It's now 11th. They're 10-3 and three since week 9 last year. A capable quarterback that's been to a Super Bowl. Seven sacks against the Falcons. They needed to get better on defense, and they did. I don't think they're a Super Bowl team. But I like the front office. The last three drafts, free agent acquisitions, they just keep getting better step-by-step. Detroit at 10. Number 9. The Steelers. There's one way to win defense, but T.J. Watt's unblockable. They remain 
I mean, just a, a, a sparkler of a fireworks show. 4.8 yards of play. No threat outside of Pickens on the outside to beat you. They lead the NFL shocker in sacks, defensive touchdowns. And again, T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, they've got stars. But this is such a low wattage offense, I think they're limited. Steelers at nine. Number eight. Seattle is sneaky good. Bad opening performance against Bad opening performance against the Rams. But they're averaging 29 a game. They've given the ball up once. Fewest in the NFL. Geno Smith has time to throw, completing 69% of his throws. Now, their defense, they're not generating a consistent pass rush, so you can throw the ball on them, and that's what Stafford did in week one. They mixed it up and caught him off balance. But I get a good coach. Geno Smith is doing what he does. Another good draft class, a young team getting better, Seattle at eight. Number seven. Cleveland. Maybe I have them low, but the defense is insane. You know they've only allowed 490 yards through three games? That's the lowest since 1970. Deshaun Watson's not the same, but he can make plays. They lead the NFL in yardage differential, which is something gamblers look at. They've got to get it right offensively, and they will miss Nick Chubb. But this defense, they're going to be in every single game they play. They're like Pittsburgh. They'll just hang around and steal wins even when the offense is bad. Cleveland at seven. Number six. Dallas at six. I think the Trayvon Diggs situation's real. They can't defend the same way. By the way, 13 penalties against the Cardinals. Isn't that the bugaboo with Mike McCarthy teams? Heavily penalized. Oh, by the way, Dak. 7-16 7-16 and 16 in his career when he's got to throw 40-plus pass attempts. So if you're not running the ball or they trail, there are limitations to this team. And I think Micah and Trayvon Diggs are difference makers, and one is gone for the season. Number five. Let's just forget the first game happened. Buffalo looks good again. Defense getting a pass rush. Nine takeaways. Overwhelmed Washington. And I will say this. Josh Allen, they're listening. Only averaging four rush attempts this year. That is a good sign. Sean McDermott, the franchise listening. They're becoming less Josh Allen run reliant. Only NFL team to be top three in scoring offense and scoring defense, number two, this season. Buffalo, five. Number four. I don't think Philadelphia's got their... Offense, right, but their O-line and D-line depth and talent is so significant, I put them at four. Number two rushing offense, and again, Jalen Hurts was sick. They didn't look very good early, but it's the 11th game with 200-plus rushing yards since the start of last year. They are a machine, and they can give teams like Kansas City trouble because they can keep Mahomes on the bench for long periods of time. DeAndre Swift, what a shock. The Eagles stole another player. Very good player from Detroit. Only had to give up a middle-round pick. Number three. San Francisco. Brock Purdy has not thrown an interception in seven straight games, including the playoffs. He doesn't make mistakes. He's not great, and that's the concern. But they're the only team to score 30-plus points in three games this year. They've won 13 straight uh, regular season games, and they've given up almost no big plays. Now, again, let's just wait and see. Let's just, let's just kind of wait and see on the big plays over the course of a season. 
but they have Hall of Famers in about four to five different units on this team. San Francisco at three. Number two. Kansas City, two, mostly because their defense has been great. The offense, they still have to figure out the wide receiver spot, so they feel like they're a flawed team, but I, my gut is they'll figure it out. They're very Mahomes and Kelsey right now. I don't love their wide receiving unit. I, I think at the trade deadline they could make a move. But Mahomes has been sacked only once. This is absolutely the fastest defense of the Mahomes era. I'm not sure it's the best. It looks like it could be. But they make up ground fast. Kansas City, too. Number one. Miami's beating teams by 20 points a game. The most creative. I feel like, are they peaking? Will they play this well in November? Andy Reid's teams will get better. This young receiving core will get better. My only concern with Miami is will they stay healthy? Jalen Waddell was already hurt. Their defense is only 23rd. It's well coached. I think Jalen Ramsey could help. But right now, their creativity, um, they lead the NFL in all major offensive categories. It's a fireworks show. Get a ticket. Pay for it. Absolutely fun to watch. But if you look at this, I do believe there's a separation in this league. Miami, Kansas City, San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Buffalo feel different to me. Dallas is close. But penalties have always been a Mike McCarthy issue. And I don't think this quarterback plays well when you force him to throw 35-plus, 40-plus times a game in Dak Prescott. And with that, Nick Wright joins me live from New York. First things first. All right, first of all, any disagreements or thoughts on the uh, herd hierarchy? Well, I mean, aside from the fact that you have the best team in the league second, this is your best herd hierarchy in a very, very long time. That is the unquestionably correct top six. I, I would have Buffalo behind Dallas, but I understand it. I get the concerns with Dallas, but I think Buffalo, that Buffalo's apex is so great, but we can't forget of all the very, very good teams, they have the head-scratcher game a little more often. I know Dallas just had theirs. I think the Browns are an interesting one. That Browns defense is clearly the, you know one of the five best in football, and that might be undershooting it. And I like that you're giving respect to the Seahawks and Steelers. Two, the, the, they win very different ways, but they're both well-coached, and I think they both have a lot of talent. I like this herd hierarchy. I don't know. Maybe it's the hour and 20 minutes you spent talking football with me last <laughs> night on the podcast, but this is the best herd hierarchy you've had maybe in years. Oh, thank you. So I watched Joe Burrow last night, and he's off. And yeah. I said this. Yeah. The, the Chiefs won. They got to a playoff three or four years pre-Mahomes, and the Bills got to the playoffs with Tyrod Taylor pre-Allen. So those guys are the best icing in the league, but the cake was getting made. Cake was good. Cincinnati's all Burrow. They were a wreck before we arrived. We still don't know if their coach can coach, the O-line, the owner. And I looked at them last night, and I'm like, the whole season for them comes down to Burrow's calf. That's it to me. Yeah. The whole franchise is on a calf. Do you think they turn it around? No, because I think that they are being, as my old now past grandfather would say, penny wise and pound foolish. They, they, the only chance they have of reaching their goals, which is to be back to the Super Bowl, is to have Joe Burrow healthy come the postseason. 
The only chance Joe Burrow has to get healthy is to sit him down now. I think they could have won last night with a backup quarterback. They didn't win yesterday because the offense was explosive. They won because the Rams couldn't block them and because they Jamar Chase had a monster game that I think he could have had with, uh, with Jake Browning throwing him the same type of dump-offs Joe Burrow was throwing to him. Instead, Joe Burrow dropped back to pass 53 times. And I understand everyone has made the point that, hey, you know, a calf injury can lead to an Achilles. But let's just, let's just take that out of the realm of possibility. You know what I was worried about last night? That a calf injury was going to lead to a broken collarbone or a separated shoulder. Yeah. Because in the NFL, if you can't escape, if you can't use your mobility, you are more likely to have a guy like Aaron Donald fall on you and injure you. So I... I thought this is not who Joe Burrow is. He is he finally, for the first time all year, completed a couple passes more than 15 yards. Yeah. But he's clearly not right. And I don't know why anyone would think if he doesn't take real time off, he's going to get right before the end of the year. So I think I, I think they're just kind of delaying the inevitable in Cincinnati, which is really unfortunate because they had an argument that they should be the Super Bowl co-favorites going into this season. So I said this, Philadelphia, there's a lot of quarterback stories and coach stories. There's very few. They're good because the GM story. But Philadelphia gets value in the draft, value in trades. Nick Foles wins a Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts second round. They're so good on the O-line and D-line for years that they can roll the dice, pivot, try new stuff on the perimeter, and they're still really good. But that offense without Shane Steichen, it doesn't look the same. Like, and Steichen has already made Anthony Richardson productive, right? We saw what he did with Herbert. Hurts, Anthony Richardson, week one. Is this maybe what Philadelphia is going forward? I think it's concerning because here was the thing. The reason Philadelphia maybe had more reason for optimism after losing a Super Bowl than any of the contemporary Super Bowl losers was because in that loss, they saw, I believe, their quarterback play the single best game he's ever played. Their their quarterback was elite with his arm in the Super Bowl in a way I think people really had questions if he could be. But now three games into this year, we've seen nothing repre- nothing similar to that. And it does seem like it's more of a slog through the first few games on offense. And I also believe, while Baker wasn't able to do it yesterday, that if a team is able to sustain their pass rush, that secondary in Philadelphia yeah. is very susceptible to getting thrown on. We saw Kirk Cousins move the ball. They lost because they had four fumbles. We saw Mac Jones, who can't move the ball on anyone move the football they lost because they just don't have enough talent so I think I don't think Philadelphia is a juggernaut the way their record said they were last year I'm not even certain that they're better than Dallas what I will say is one of the underrated stories of this NFL season is if to add insult to injury I guess to what's going on in Chicago Chicago obviously had the number one pick, didn't draft a quarterback because they wanted to invest in Justin Fields. They got a bounty for it. The pick they got back for it, one of them, 
was the pick that became Jalen Carter. And then (laughs) on draft day, they traded with Philadelphia back one spot. So the Bears could have traded away the number one pick and then still gotten the number one player in the draft. Instead, he falls to them. They trade back in Philadelphia, a la the Lakers in the 80s with James Worthy. Like, you're the are you one of the three best teams and you have the best player in a draft. Seems almost unfair. So, uh, you know, Denver media is pushing back. Blame the defense. And my takeaway is when the Cowboys lost this weekend, it was McCarthy and Dak that got the heat. The defense didn't play well. Um, Justin Herbert, come on, he had a final drive. He couldn't win. The defense is horrible. Is that Russell gets the money, they gave up draft capital, and Sean Payton was hired to save him, essentially to save him. I don't want to hear about the defense. Russell's the cap hit, Russell's the star, and they're middle of the pack to below average, third down conversion, red zone, total offense, is that we can talk about the defense. Sean Payton was hired to save Russell Wilson, and and to this point, I don't know, I think he has, I just don't know if there's anything beyond that, but what do you make of the, don't blame Russell, it's it's the Broncos defense? Well, listen, well, I mean, the Broncos defense obviously was terrible on Sunday, but that defense was awesome last year. And to be and listen, I, I and I appreciate you, you know, saying what I think a lot of people are thinking, which is Sean Payton is the head coach of the entire team. And as great of an offensive mastermind as Sean Payton is, his issue in New Orleans for many years until he brought in Dennis Allen was hiring the wrong defensive coordinator. They went seven and nine three straight years with Rob Ryan as their defensive coordinator. Well, EJ Evero leaves, you bring in Vance Joe. There's Rob Ryan. I didn't even know that was going to happen. That's amazing. You bring in <laughs> Vance Joseph, and all of a sudden, you're, you're everyone can move the ball on you. Also, yes, Russell Wilson has a pulse the likes of which he didn't have last year. But they still are already talking about pre-snap penalties like last season, having second-half meltdowns like last season. And I don't know about you, Colin, I thought it was really odd. And Xavier Howard, a Miami Dolphins player, pointed this out. I thought it was telling that Sean left Russell in that football game when it was 70-20 to 20 late in the fourth quarter. Xavier Howard said he thought it was disrespectful to a player who had accomplished as much. I feel like Sean has been sending a lot of messages yeah. to Russell Wilson, whether it's telling the whole media we need to hurry up the process, Jerry Judy's open on the two-point conversion, we'll put a wristband on it, all of it. And so, yeah, I think Denver right now is in dire, dire straits. And this is where you remind everyone that five-year contract extension they signed Russell to has not started yet. It starts next season. So even if Sean wants to bench him, which I think he will, that is a nearly impossible contract to get off of. I think they're stuck, Colin. So um, you were very... Pro Aaron Rodgers. By the way, I'm more positive Aaron than negative, but I I was one of the few that went after him a few years ago, seven, eight years ago, so I'm viewed as negative Aaron. If you count all the times I've talked about him, it's 65, 35, 70, 30 pro. That said, you kind of came around to the body language, the prickliness. You know, a little, little, you know, smarter than everybody in the room. Whatever, he is smart, blah, blah, blah. But it is interesting that the Packers moved off him and even if Jordan Love doesn't hit, cap space, good college quarterback draft, receivers, tight ends, offensive coach, Aaron goes to the Jets, 
They're all walking on eggshells. They're a disaster today. What do you make of it? Disaster. Well, so this was one of the reasons, and I know J-Mac thought I was maybe trolling, but I picked the Packers to win their division, and I picked the Jets to finish last in theirs. And I understand, oh, well, we didn't know Aaron was going to get hurt. Well, we didn't know he was going to pop his Achilles. But a 39-year-old coming off an injury behind the worst offensive line he would have ever played behind in a division with the Bills pass rush and the Patriots pass rush, him missing some time was not you know, unfathomable. It was, I would argue, more likely than not. And so on the Packers side of things, it was underrated and Jordan didn't even play that great this weekend. But a Saints team that has not allowed more than 20 points in 11 consecutive games is up 17 to nothing heading into the fourth quarter. The Packers are without their best, their Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, an offense, a key offensive lineman or two. And they come back in stirring fashion. By the way, and Matt LaFleur does the down 14, go for two gambit that if it doesn't work, all the folks are killing him. But because it does work, everyone pretends it didn't happen. It's a great win. And that team has great vibes and energy, almost feeling like a weight's been lifted. On the flip side in New York, yes, the Rodgers thing was uh, incredibly unfortunate. But the reason you can't come back for, from it is because every part of your offseason was about signing Aaron Rodgers and then signing his friends and family. Who should run our offense? Aaron Rodgers' buddy, Nat Hackett. Who should be our pass catchers? Aaron Rodgers' buddies, Lazard and Cobb. Who should be our third-string quarterback? Aaron Rodgers' buddy, Tim Boyle, who has no business. You cannot put him into the games, which is why they've now signed Trevor Simeon. There, there was an element of... You know what? This is either going to work beautifully or it's just going to be such a disaster everyone gets fired that I didn't think it had to be. Like the the Packers choosing to not have an actual backup quarterback was baffling to me. Yes, if Rodgers blows his Achilles, you're probably screwed either way. But what if Rodgers' injury had been the Joe Burrow injury? Where it's just like, oh, okay, he's going to miss a month. Can you hold down the fort? you would have seen their lack of planning laid to bear this entire time. And so it's puzzling to me that they did not add a quarterback the moment he got hurt. Now they have finally done it with Simeon, who instantly becomes the best quarterback on the team, but he can't play this weekend against the Chiefs. And by the time he does play, the season's probably over. Finally, I'm not usually into this stuff, and my gut feeling is they're trolling all of us. But the Travis Kelsey-Taylor Swift relationship Okay. is potentially fantastic. I don't I have a yeah. feeling the Kelsey's are very good with social media. His brand is exploding. He's on like six commercials now. You have a theory that they may not even be dating. Well, I don't I don't know if they're dating or not. I think uh I think that they're clearly friendly. I'm not sure how many times they had actually been, you know, in the same room prior to this football game. But I'm not really that interested in Travis Kelsey's personal life because I'm not, I don't know that much about Taylor Swift. It's not really my area of expertise. Here's what I am interested in, Colin. And here's the most unique take you're going to hear on this entire situation. <laughs> here's why I'm thrilled this is happening. I actually think, in a galaxy brain way, this helps the Chiefs' ability to re-sign Chris Jones this offseason. Hear me out. 
Here's the argument. Okay. The Chiefs go on, win the Super Bowl, as we all know they will. Chris Jones wants to be the highest-paid guy on the team, or in the league. Mahomes not the highest-paid quarterback. Kelsey's not the highest-paid tight end. Travis Kelsey can now go to Chris Jones, who he desperately wants back, and be like, listen, buddy, there's pros and cons of playing for the Chiefs. Con, you're not going to make as much money as you should make. I don't, I've never made as much money as I should make. Pro, I say on a podcast I wanted to date Taylor Swift, and two weeks later, she's in my mom's suite. <laughs> there are cool things right. about being part of this dynasty. Yeah. There are what we call soft exterior benefits that aren't paid out in cap dollars. So, Chris, come back, yeah. maybe take a little less than what you're asking for, and then shoot for the stars on your hopes and dreams because they're all accessible as long as we're in this Mahomes orbit. Yeah. That's what I would argue. And that's why I'm happy about it. And I think that's, I know you're laughing. No. I think that's a real thing. Like Travis Kelton, I'm telling you right now, Mark Andrews cannot be like, I wanted to give Taylor Swift a friendship bracelet and she ghosted me. And then she's at a Ravens game. It's because they're with Mahomes and the Chiefs and this little dynastic run. That's a true story. I don't think it's crazy that Los Angeles has always sold Hollywood and sunshine. There's no question that you come to Los Angeles, you're going to pay more taxes. Uh, You know, the traffic's worse. They don't always have the great team. LeBron came here because of the brand, the entertainment. Teams sell what they sell. Yankees have to overpay you. But the Lakers have sold sunshine and potential revenue outside of basketball. And I think there's no question. Travis Kelsey, a tight end, is on seven commercials. He's got a vaccine commercials. commercials. He's on all the commercials. I mean, it's not that dissimilar when, you know, seven years ago, which feels like a lifetime ago, when FS1 was trying to hire me, they were like, listen, we know another network wants you and they're offering you more money. Right. But if you sign with us, Colin Coward will invite you over to his house (laughs) twice a year. And that was it. That was enough. I was like, I'm in. And I mean, you know, and it's all worked out well. It's all the halo stuff. I mean, it's a true story. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Nick Wright, first things first, fastest growing show on cable. Good seeing you, buddy. I'll be honest with you. There is something to this. The Patriots dynasty was about efficiency. Toughness, do your job. It was boring. It's like Alabama's dynasty. USC's dynasty was flavor, fun, points. Kansas City's Instagram, social, points, reinvention, offense. There is value. There is value. New England was never, Brady didn't do a commercial for 10 years. It was about do your job, head down. There is in Kansas City, they allow you to be a star. They sort of gave, you know, Smith-Schuster, the wide receiver, kind of rebooted. Kansas City got money in New England. Um, Tyreek Hill, a star is born, goes to Miami. So I do think there's value in playing with this wildly – Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart were getting national commercials. Not all dynasties are the same. New England was a boring dynasty. The Spurs were boring. Alabama was about the coach. USC is about the player – with the Leinert Bush. It, Pete was great, but it was about the player. I think Kansas City's about the star. Andy Reid, he wants his steak tips. He doesn't care about any of this stuff. Andy Reid's getting commercials. So I think there is something to be said about, listen, you come here, you're not going to be the highest paid guy. Fun, first of all, the Hunt family treats players arguably better than any owner in the league. They have Packers and the Chiefs. Treat players like gold. They really do. I know Favre and Aaron complained. 
Green Bay's inside the league treats players well. The Hunt family is gold. They are great. So I think I don't think that's crazy. One more herd. The herd streams twenty four hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, it's great to have you in. Ohio State Notre Dame draws NBC's biggest college football rating in 30 years. By the way, I was thinking about this. Next year, the 12-team playoff starts. Look, if we had a 12-team playoff this year, look at the 12 teams that are in it. Look at these brands. Georgia, Michigan, Texas, Ohio State, Florida State, Penn State, Washington, USC, Oregon, Utah, Notre Dame, Bama. You got the three teams, Utah, Notre Dame, Bama winning with defense, Penn State, Washington, USA winning with offense, Michigan, Texas brands. Be very careful about getting stuck, having strong opinions on change. How many people, fans, and media, the NIL is ruining college football. Transfer portal is bad for business. In six months, it saved the sport. The sport was attendance trending down, ratings trending down. All the little guys thought, the NIL is going to get more people to the party. No, the big brands have more money. Comes down to it once again. This allowed Texas Washington, USC, big brands, Penn State, capitalized, buy some players, fix some spots. Uh, the NIL and the transfer portal, to me, the ratings validated. 
You can solve your problems quickly, and the kids want to go. Listen, if a kid wants to transfer from Bama to Louisville, knock yourself out. <laughs> you you want to go from Notre Dame to, to uh, the Miami Hurricanes? Knock yourself out wherever you go. But if the playoffs started today, that is unbelievable. That is incredible. Who wouldn't watch that? Georgia, and by the way, geographically, south, midwest, southwest, midwest, south, northeast, northwest, west, west, Rocky Mountains, middle of the country, south. Perfect geographic symmetry. That is as good as it gets. Y'all thought the transfer portal and NIL was going to ruin everything. There's challenges to it. I remember when I was a kid, ooh, 65 miles an hour speed limit, more car crashes. Actually, there are fewer because automakers were forced to build better cars, right? So faster cars, fewer accidents. Everybody freaks out. Swear to God, there's a group in the media left and right. They make their money off fear. Stop being petrified of change. Change can be hard. Change creates challenges. I mean, the NIL, USC has done two or three different shifts on it. It's not easy. Not everybody has a Phil Knight, but it's great for the sport. I've never seen more good quarterbacks, never had more geographic symmetry. I don't think Ohio State's better or worse than Oregon. They look both look good. So I think it's been great for the sport. The ratings are through the roof. Now we got Deion Sanders bringing in some NFL fans to college football. If, if Whenever I see anybody in the media that's outraged four or five times a day, stop it. I'm outraged like three times a year. Everybody that's normal is outraged three or four times a year outside of family stuff you have to deal with. All these changes been great for the sport. Challenging, but great for the sport. J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. You know, we haven't done anything really on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they're a team you like. I think we like Trevor Lawrence. And uh, currently, I don't know if dumpster fire is too strong, but Colin, one and two, a ghastly loss to the Texans. A lot of I mean, drop passes, a lot of mistakes in the red zone. A lot of, a lot of yeah, drop passes. I'm looking for the stat. I heard they lead the league in drop passes, but I can't find the stat anywhere. At any rate, one and two, going over to London this weekend, and Doug Peterson says the expectations are weighing on the team. I think that's real. I do. Uh, I think that's real. Um, and and you know, you know, I, I've been around this game too long to know that you can't you can't live in the past, or you're gonna you're gonna fail in the future. And um, you know, we've just got to focus one day at a time. We got to get better each day. And um, can't worry about next week or the week after. Can't worry about the London trip coming up. We can't. You know, we just got to focus in on on the week at hand. How about this? Houston may be pretty good. No, they're not. No, no, no. Not. In June, uh, Ryan, witness. Go ahead. In yourself. June, I said, keep your eye on the Texans as a surprise seven-win team, eight-win team. Mm-hmm. I said, sneaky good, off-season B moves. They weren't A moves, a lot of B moves. D'Amico Ryan is really well thought of. If C.J. Stroud can be an adult. He is. He's a total professional. They've got a little bit more talent than people think. You've used some of those guys in fantasy. They, they went and got a bunch of B upgrades. They Tank Dell, the receiver. I mentioned him last week. No, you guys I, scoffed. I think I some got, of, I got him. He's a, he some of this is Houston, because they have a rookie quarterback, will be up and down. They will not be consistent. But on their good days... 
They're pretty interesting. Okay, I gotta, I gotta throw a, call a quick twenty second timeout here. Last week at this time, ladies and gentlemen, you remember? Yeah. Cowherd was waxing and went. Oh, Washington Commandos. Sam Howell, <laughs> keep an eye on. They get the butts handed to him. Hey, it's the only game I lost this week. I have already bet it significantly. Pittsburgh Steelers going to Houston. Um, it's three. It's not gonna last three long. I think it's gonna move. Yes, this, they're gonna, they're gonna this, win that game. Correct. Um, the pressure that Pittsburgh has up front against a beleaguered offense. But I just line. said this: Houston's going to be wildly inconsistent. Sounds good. But on their best Sundays, they're going to they're going to beat some teams. Right, here's the thing: I think you're missing. There's another team in the division that could steal it from Jacksonville, and they have a rookie quarterback, the Shane Steichen. Uh, do you believe? No, I think he's brilliant. Okay. Uh, quick other note on Jacksonville. And yes, I'm still angry. Jacksonville cost me in Survivor. It's like an $81,000 Survivor pool. I was close last year. And I'm out. Jacksonville gets smoked. Colin, they are 30th in special teams. Had a kick blocked. And they let a fullback I run saw a kickoff that. back. <laughs> I saw that. I mean, that. Uh, uh, 85 yards, a fullback. Like, I'm faster than the fullback. I'll race him. And, like, he outran the Jaguars. I saw that. Colin, I, that I'm salty. Anyways, let's move on. Uh, Minnesota Vikings. How about them? 0-3 after Sunday's loss to the Chargers. Kevin O'Connell, who we like, delivered a direct and public ultimatum to his team. Minnesota leads the NFL in turnovers. Here's what O'Connell had to say. I think that's something that we're gonna we're gonna fix one way or the other. Either guys are gonna do it, or we're gonna have to put other guys in the game that um, have ball security. We need to end every snap with the football in our hands, and that's gonna be continued urgency and emphasis, like it was last week. And we're gonna continue to do it and do it differently and emphasize it different ways until that value is received, because that is a losing formula, um, as we've seen, uh, being where we're at in the turnover differential right now. Well, we uh, both thought the Vikings would pull back a little. Yeah. J- turnovers are just like close-score games. That stuff flips. It's a lot of luck involved. Yep. Uh, they have a ton of red zone turnovers. By the way, have you seen the football movie The Program? I'm pretty sure it's The Program. Have you seen it? No. Uh, fo- it's about football. So uh, this guy has, like, an issue fumbling, so they make him carry around a football, like, around campus to lunch. This is not news. Like, it's been in a lot of movies. Alexander Madison needs to walk around the facility with a football. Yeah. I mean, the ball security was atrocious. Well, I mean, it's like, like even Tiki Barber early in his career had a fumble issue. I think sometimes it, that's a that's a lot of that's coaching. New England for years didn't fumble. A lot of that's coaching. I don't know, fumbles are coaching. Well, why didn't New England fumble for years? I mean, they, were, they literally were. Maybe they had good players. Well, I, <laughs> listen, I, Madison was a career backup. They had ten different backs over ten years. Yeah, but know? they're Belichick guys, like James White, like guys that you trust. Uh, they move on from Dalvin Cook and Madison. Man, I don't know. He, he's like on. He might lose his job if this continues. That being said, Minnesota at Carolina, I believe this week. Um, as someone who watched Carolina closely over the weekend, there they have so many defensive injuries. I think you got to go Vikings here now. If the Vikings manage to lose to Andy Dalton, their beige water pistol, what do you, what do, you do at 0 4 with Kirk Cousins? Do you just say, we're going for Caleb Williams? Do you, well, I mean, then I, I think you put him on the market. O'Connell got to the playoffs last year. I think you put him on the market. Okay, by the way, you want scary Kevin O'Connell with uh, Caleb Williams? Kevin O'Connell knows offense. Like, Kirk That'd Cousins be a great place. Up numbers. Vikings finally get the best quarterback in the division. That'd be fun. I mean, they've always well, been chasing. Culpepper? Caleb Williams, Justin Jefferson. I'm here for it. That's, I'll take that. That's, that's a decent <laughs> combo. Uh, final story. Ah, yes. Jets, Patriots. So, Mac Jones, Mac and Row Jones. Look at that. You seeing that? Any Everybody watching I, at home? I, Mac I, Jones. I, got, whoa. I didn't see, see it. it. Let me see it. Hold Mac on. Mac Jones gets up and look. 
cup check right oh, there. That's oh, brutal. That's a suspension. Well, maybe not a suspension. You know what, though? I'm, I, I have been dirty. I've been pro Mac Jones. That's the second time he's done something like that. Somebody calls him the Grayson Allen. That's what I was going to say. No, I mean, I, I'm not into that at all. That there's a character issue there that I'm not into. That's the second time he's done and something like that. And by the way, like this that. isn't the grainy he kicked video the guy footage. In the, yeah, it, this is um, this is like clear video. Yes. Like we got it from the broadcast. It's a below the belt shot. Anyway, yeah, here it is again. If you missed it, if you're driving, sorry. You, yeah, that, there's, no there's no question. There's no question. And the referee's that. right there. Well, well I, mean, I don't think a referee's looking there. That's give me a break. That's dirty, man. If Ryan walked over here and you. I'm not elbowed him cup. and then you know what? I'm well, not looking there. We're going to the we're going to the floor on that one. <laughs> All right. I mean that, that's that's filthy stuff. I, that on. really turns me off. I'm not a. I'm this not, is not cool. Listen, Mac Jones. I'll 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 make my prediction. New England is drafting a quarterback somewhere fairly early. This I would year. agree a thousand percent. Here's Sauce Gardner on the dirty low blow from Mac Jones. Yeah, I got tackled, and he reached his hand up to try to like give me the help with work, and I just like moved his hand out the way. And then he get up, he just come up to me like, good job. But while he's saying that, he hit me in my, he hit me in my private parts. You know what I mean? Man. So it's like, I didn't react how I really wanted to, but that was just like the reaction that came after that. But I definitely wasn't expecting that. First time, you know, it's the first time for everything, I guess. Dude got ice up. He's trying to stop me from having kids in the future. <laughs> I'm going to defend Sauce Gardner here. I don't like this at all. I don't think he needs defending. By the I way, they called him McEnroe Jones because he had a temper, and now we see this nonsense. That's not quarterbackial. If I'm going to bang on Baker Mayfield for stuff I didn't view as quarterbackial, this is Bush League. That's not what a quarterback does. That's Bush League. When he has to face the media this way, I want to see the New, uh, the New England media ask him about this. Let's That's see right. what he has to say. None of this we got timid. The video. Here's my phone, Mac. Let's see it. you got to have a comment. Apologize. Say something. Come on, Boston media. Get on it. Boston media is soft. The W-E-E-I guys. I, I, I wouldn't frame them as soft. They're soft. They don't go, they're not going after Belichick. They're not going after Mac Jones. Mm. They got to man up and go after him. <laughs> okay, man up. All right. Uh, J-Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. Herd sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy can bring in a whole new you. 10% off today if you sign up at B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash Herd BetterHelp. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Paulie Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. Of course, you know us as the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show. Yeah. Now, the suits at Fox Sports Radio gave us this airtime because they wanted us to tell you how great our show is. Why? Yeah, instead of us doing that, let's just let our millions of fans do the talking. Yeah, play the tape. You don't know crap about sports. I mean, why am I even on this crap? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's the wrong tape. Wrong tape. Just forget that. Look, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. 
Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All eyes are on Coach Prime in Colorado for the game of the year this big noon Saturday. Quarterback Shadur Sanders leads the Buffaloes against Caleb Williams and the Trojans. It all starts at 10 Eastern with big noon kickoff back in Boulder, then USC Colorado Saturday noon Easter. 44 to 23 USC. Their defense is not as good as Oregon's, but I do think they'll light it up. Colorado humiliated will play with great passion, play very well early. Loud crowd USC sputters a little bit out of the gate as a road team in a harsh environment, but as a big second half and USC wins by about 20. I don't know what the line is, but my guess is Colorado plays much better. 23 and a half was the last I saw. It might be up to 24. So you have them not covering. Yeah, I would say it's around that number i think usc wins 44 24 ish sputters early finishes very strong separates middle of the third quarter but colorado was humiliated that team will play much better and they've got some skill and speed that will give usc problems on the perimeter by the way here's my herd hierarchy uh for our radio audience uh i will read it in a second you have two questions j mac so i have detroit 10 steelers Nine, Seahawks eight, Cleveland seven, Dallas six, Buffalo five, Philly four, San Francisco three, Chiefs two, Miami one. What's your first question? Okay, uh, well, I have a bigger question at 10. I would ask, why do you have Seattle at eight ahead of Pittsburgh nine? It's just a quibble, not a massive issue. Um, Because I think Geno Smith, uh, this team gives me more offensively. Pittsburgh has absolute limitations with their O-line, their quarterback, and their run game. I think Seattle's defense is young, will get better. I think Pittsburgh's offense is what it is for the okay. rest of the year. And then the bigger question. Again, I, I echo what Nick said earlier. This is I've been on the show for 13 months. This is probably the best herd hierarchy, top 10. The only issue is Detroit over Green Bay at 10. Okay. Detroit has wins over Atlanta and uh, okay. the, the Chiefs. Okay. So, the Chiefs didn't have Chris Jones or Travis Kelsey, and Detroit's favored 
at Lambeau over Green Bay. Are they not by a point and a half? Uh, Currently, it looks like I'm looking at the screen here. looks like uh, Detroit is favored by one, but we don't know about Watson, Jones, Bakhtiari yet. Those three could swing the line. I just think Detroit is favored in Lambeau. Quarterback, edge, and and to be honest with you, with Hutchison, a, a consistent edge pressure. Mm. Like Green Bay had a good week rushing the quarterback against the Saints, but I think Hutchison is a more consistent uh, edge rusher. I think Detroit usually gets a pass rush with him. Uh, Green Bay swept last year by, by the Lions. Yeah, this I think is the a Lions... revenge spot, if you believe that kind of stuff. Well, it matters. It's something. In division, Le, it's Le Fleur, something. LaFleur ain't losing this game. Lock it in. Oh, lock it in. Okay, <laughs> lock it in, folks. Hour three next. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.